Thank you for hitting the download and subscribe button on iTunes and Google Play. This is Steven Jensen. You're listening to the Fight Talk Podcast. Today's episode is going to be predictions for NXT TakeOver War Games as well as WWE Survivor Series 2018. And as always, these predictions are brought to you by our great friends over at WrestleRumble.com. WrestleRumble.com is the place to be for all fantasy pick'em contests for pro wrestling. There's always big prizes, cash, great stuff on the line over at WrestleRumble.com. I'm going to go through the prize list uh, before I do the prediction for each show, because there is two contests, one for War Games and one for Survivor Series. And I'll get into those prize lists before I give the actual predictions. There's a couple things I want to get out of the way first, because it's been a pretty big uh, week in uh, you know WWE this week. A lot of stuff has happened. And there's two major stories that I definitely want to talk about before we get into the predictions. But I just want to make sure everyone knows that this is brought to you by WrestleRumble.com. And it's something where if you're a fan of pro wrestling and you're sitting on your couch or you go to the bar or whatever you do when you when you watch wrestling, if you're with your friends, if you're by yourself, whatever the case may be, this is a great chance to be really invested in the show. Because I know for me, sometimes WWE can kind of get dull, you know, like you watch a lot of wrestling and you're sitting there like, man, another pay-per-view. Like, I can't believe these, these shows are already coming up. I feel like it's WWE overload. Like I know so many of you feel as well. But these are things that really keep me invested in the show because I have something on the line. You know, like, my predictions can win me cash and prizes. And the same can be said for you as well. Just jump on WrestleRumble.com and win some money and some prizes right from your couch. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you know pro wrestling, you can be rewarded for it in a really cool contest against other major fans. It's a lot of fun. So keep that in mind. I'll come back to those prize lists uh, before I do the predictions for each show. But first, I want to talk a little bit about two big stories that I, I really can't get off my mind this week. The first one being Daniel Bryan winning the WWE Championship. Now, I'm not going to go too in-depth about this. Um, a lot of people have varying opinions on this. I will say, I like the idea of Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. I like that it's something a little different than what we got last year. Of course, Brock versus AJ being the, uh, the headliner at last year's show. I think they were the headliner, at least. I remember that's. You know, I remember the match happening, of course. I just don't remember who main evented, now that I'm thinking about it. I'd imagine it was them, but who knows these days, you know? Um, and they had a really good match, AJ and Brock. I thought it was a really good contest, and they made AJ look really, really good in there, in my opinion. But I like that this is Daniel Bryan this time. I like that it's something different. I know that he was really pushing for a match with Brock before he had to retire, so this is cool that this is happening, and, and I like the stylistic matchup. I like the stylistic difference between, between the two guys. I will say, you know, I'll, I'll give my predictions during, uh, my prediction for that match during my Survivor Series predictions, but I just wanted to say, you know, I'm not sour on the Dan O'Brien heel turn or his title win. Like, I feel like a lot of people are. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there like me that really enjoy it as well, but it's one of those things that's like, you know, it's something different. You know, we didn't expect him to win the title on SmackDown. You know, I, I know I like I like the unpredictability of it, and I also like the fact that it was unpredictable that Daniel Bryan was going to turn heel that night. I like that it's you know something different. It's a change. I think that Daniel Bryan will really excel in a heel role because he's kind of been stagnant since he returned as a babyface. So, you know, I'm all for it. The only difference being, I guess, that it's kind of weird with Daniel Bryan being a heel going in there against Lesnar, who's also kind of a heel slash tweener depending on how you view him babyface depending on how you view him right um but 
you know, it's kind of one of those things where you kind of expect Daniel Bryan to be more of like the sympathetic baby face than like the heel in there with Brock. Because he's not going to be able to bully Brock Lesnar, obviously. But I think it adds elements that are different and kind of unexpected. And I like it. So I like the Daniel Bryan WWE Championship win. I just wanted to put that out there before we got started on the predictions. And I also wanted to mention uh, the Nia Jax situation with Becky Lynch. This, I... Uh, have maybe somewhat of a controversial opinion on so this could go a whole lot of ways as far as your guys opinions of, of you know my of my views of this but i'm just going to tell you straight up my honest opinion of this situation all right and i've gotten in, in fights on twitter personally and in direct messages with many people about this um including ryback uh including you know a bunch of fans there's other people i won't mention ryback i'm mentioning because it's public because like you can see most of our interactions like like on Twitter, but it's one of those things where like, I'm just going to be totally honest. All right. Nia Jax. I remember watching the, uh, I'm, I don't remember what the show was called. Maybe it was called breaking ground or something like that, where it was the NXT rookies that it was like following their journey on the WWE network. And Nia Jax had like just been signed and she was a part of this documentary and you know, green as grass, you know, didn't know what she was doing in there at all. And was like a team, honestly, kind of like a pretty slow learner, in my opinion. And it's just one of those things. Like, if it wasn't for her being related to The Rock and her having the body type that she has, she would not be getting these opportunities as quickly as she does. I mean, I don't think that's, I don't think that's saying anything out of school. You know what I mean? Uh, it's obvious. Um, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Because there are a lot of people who are like second and third generation wrestlers who get that foot in the door. And it's really hard to keep your, your feet in the house, I guess, if you will, you know, like it, it's easier to get noticed by the company, but it's very, very difficult to stay in a good position because you have so many eyes on you and like, you have to live up to these, you know, basically, you know, live up to your, your dad or your mom or your grandparents or whoever was in the business and a, and a well-known figure in the business. So I don't know if you guys can hear the train. I, I love that for the for the regular listeners of the show. Not sure if you can hear the train or not. I might have it kind of muted out with the the microphone, but um, it's it's real loud. You probably hear it now. It only goes by when I record the show. It's it's the damnedest thing, and it's actually really really frustrating as it's happening right now because it's like you don't hear this thing ever until I hit the record button on my microphone. So this is me killing time until this thing goes by. And if anybody sees me at a Southern Underground Pro Show here in Nashville, Tennessee. Feel free to call me out for the train again, and I'll buy you another free beer, because that's your reward for sitting through me killing time like this, as this stupid train just decides to go by and just beep and honk and make noise next to me. All right, we might be in the clear. So this being said about Nia Jax, right, and this is like the thing I wanted to talk about most, and of course it gets interrupted by this stupid train. Um... So going back to her being, you know, in NXT and her getting opportunities, right? I don't think it's any secret that that's kind of what's happened with Nia. I'm not saying she's completely untalented. What I'm saying is she was not ready to be in the spot that she was in, but she was in that spot. She goes through her run at NXT, which was okay in my opinion, nothing special, still seemed very green to me, and then got called up to the main roster, in my opinion, way too quickly right like I just I don't think she was ready and I still to this day don't think she's ready and I say this mainly because she has a history of hurting women that she works with um I don't have to go through the list of names you can look them up online it's very easy to find totally you know public knowledge um but she's 
injured a lot of women that she's worked with in a very short amount of time. And it's an easy thing to do when you're inexperienced, when you're not very good in the ring, when you're not particularly athletic, and when you're much larger than most of your opponents. I mean, it's, it's easy to hurt people. And Nia Jax is hurting people. All right, so I'm going to say this. Uh, you know, Her history of injuring women, I can, I can attribute most of it to what I just said right? Like most of it, I think has just been a product of everything I said, you know, inexperience, her size difference, you know, those things being a little reckless, but it's like, she's a big girl against much smaller girls. A lot of the time, I mean, things like that can happen, you know, but the Becky Lynn situation is different to me because while it might sound controversial to say, and a lot of people are going to completely disagree with me. I actually know people who disagree with me already that I've talked to privately that punch to Becky's face looked completely on purpose. Like that, I've watched enough pro wrestling. You know, I'm 30 years old. I'm watching pro wrestling since I was five years old, right? On a super ridiculously, you know, consistent basis. I know what a work punch and a, and a you know, a real punch looks like. I also, you know, I'm sure you guys know, I cover mixed martial arts for a living. You know, I'm very familiar with what a real punch looks like and what someone's hand looks like after they punch someone in the face with or without bare knuckles or a glove. Or I, I'm very, I'm very educated in the the space of mixed martial arts and what it looks like when you, when you fight people. You know what I mean? And while Naya had her thumb out during the punch, which indicates a working punch to me because you would never want to actually punch somebody with your thumb sticking out that's more that's more of like an open hand than a closed fist because there's there's a big ergonomical difference just in just that one motion with your thumb and i had her thumb out meaning she was making it look like she was throwing a working punch but she followed through with it with intention and that's where my issue comes is there, it looked it looked like she was showing a working punch, but she threw a legitimate punch to Becky's face and had a complete follow through. So it wasn't like she like barely hit her and like pulled back. She swung what seem, seemingly as hard as she could. I mean, she wound up and swung, punched Becky hard enough to concuss her and, and bust her open and break her nose or whatever happened. I mean, her her cheek looked messed up. She messed her up and. In my opinion, Nia Jax needs to be reprimanded for it. I, I honestly think it was done on purpose. I honestly do think it was malicious. And I was on the fence about it until Nia Jax started posting on social media pictures of her hand trying to get either sympathy or rubbing it into the fans' you know faces what had happened. Same thing with Ronda Rousey. Like I don't know why Ronda would take Nia's side on this whole thing and like really trash Becky other than unless you know she's trying to turn heel. But... I mean, it's clear, you know, it's, it's one of those things like, and then Becky's response to it didn't seem like it was a joke at all. You know, I don't need to read all these tweets. You can find them on Twitter, but my point being, it, it does seem malicious to me and it does seem like she's a bully and it does seem like she has a history of hurting people, whether she, whether she wants to hurt them or not, she is hurting people. And I really think she meant to punch Becky square in the face. I don't know what the reasoning is. I don't know if it's jealousy over Becky's spot or just like, just straight up just bully mentality i don't know but in my opinion like nia jack should be nowhere near the main event uh, the one thing that i think is interesting though is that you know she she on twitter basically said what we do isn't ballet or she didn't use the, those words but I'm, you know that's the gist of it like we she's basically trying to make the defense like 
you know, what we do is physical and accidents happen is essentially to paraphrase what Nia Jax was saying after she punched Becky in the face. And my response was, I don't feel bad because that's, that's what a, a fist looks like when you punch somebody full force in the face without, without gloves on. Like when you bare knuckle fight people, there's actual bare knuckle associations in MMA, like bare knuckle boxing. There was just a fight last weekend, uh, headlined by Chris Lieben and Phil Baroni. Like that's what people's hands look like when they're unprotected and you punch people in the face. I mean, I don't feel bad for it. It, it. And the other side of it is Becky let her do it. I mean, you're trusting your your opponent or whoever you're in the ring with to protect you, and you're expected to do the same for them. So Becky gave her a complete open shot. I mean, what Nia did was a total cheap shot, and it looked totally blatant and malicious, in my opinion. I don't know if the if the you know I'm not I'm not the kind of person who's going to ever be like you need to fire somebody, but they need to do something. Whether it's a suspension or sending her down to to the performance center for a while, whatever it is, like this can't keep happening. But but what's really interesting is will, will she make those kind of little accidents against someone like Ronda Rousey? That's what I'm interested to see because if if she cold cocks fucking and I mean a cluster in this episode, but now that I have, I'm just gonna go for it. Um, and I'll make sure it has the explicit tag on it. She just, I mean, she punched Ronda, or uh, she punched Becky right in the fucking face. If she decides to do that to Ronda Rousey, or even does it by accident, Ronda is going to murder her in there. Like, the receipt is going to be gruesome. And I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. Like, if Nia Jax stiffs Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey is going to prove a point in there against her. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. Um, and that all being said, you know, what, what really hurts the most of all this, other than Nia, you know, being such a, you know, a liability, is that Becky Lynch is the most over babyface tween or whatever you want to call her. She, the most, she's the biggest crowd favorite right now of anybody, man or woman, on either of the shows. Like, she's the most over character of anybody. And she was about to get this big match with Ronda Rousey. You know, granted, they can do it later on. But, and I'm kind of glad they're not hot-shotting it because I, I didn't like that they were doing it so soon anyways, but it's one of those things where it's like, you know, Becky has all the momentum in the world and then Nia Jax either being selfish or jealous or just a bully or clumsy or all the above, she, I mean, she hindered it. You know, I, I think Becky will come back even better and stronger, but like you just never know. And this was a big, big moment and a big time for Becky. And it, she's having to take a step back because of Nia Jax and her actions. So I just want to get my opinion on, uh, out there on that. I I am of the opinion that Nia Jax did it on purpose. And I think that there needs to be some sort of, uh, something needs to be done about it. You know what I mean? Especially after her tweeting about it and making it, and trying to make it look like it's just something that just happens. It's like, no, that's. I can't wait. I shouldn't say can't wait because this sounds malicious on my end, but like, I think there will be a receipt, whether it's from Becky or one of the other women wrestlers who gets in there with Nia next. I would not be surprised to see somebody uh, return the favor, and I and I hope somebody does. I honestly do, like, because someone needs to put her in check. This shit's ridiculous. I'm gonna be honest. This shit is fucking ridiculous with Nia Jax. Um. All right. So let's talk about WWE Survivor Series and NXT War Games. We're going to start off with NXT War Games. The pick'em contest at WrestleRumble.com. The prize list is as follows. 
first through fifth place get 40 points for the MVP contest. Sixth through tenth get 35 points. Eleventh through fifteenth get 30, and sixteenth through twentieth get 25 points. So what the MVP contest is is a year-long, ongoing, uh, cumulative contest that goes from essentially WrestleMania to WrestleMania, where you earn points and they continue to be tallied up throughout the year. The person with the most points at the end of the year, after you know all these contests, gets one thousand five hundred dollars cash as well as a custom-made championship belt from Russell Rumble. So these MVP points are a really big deal, and they're very valuable to those of us who play the contests often because I know, like, for instance, I am currently in, and there's a lot of people that play these, I'm currently in ninth place. So 40 MVP points is a big deal for me because that boosts me closer to number one, and, you know, I want that $1,500. I want that custom belt, so... Um, those are the prize lists for NXT uh, TakeOver War Games, all right? So once again, 1st through 5th, 40, 6th through 10th, 35, 11th through 15th, 30, and 16th through 20th, 25 points. When we get to uh, the Survivor Series Pick'em, there is cash on the line for that one as well as MVP points, and I'll get to that, uh, once, that uh, once that comes. So NXT TakeOver, let's go through the card. First here I have Shayna Baszler taking on Kyrie Sane. In a two out of three falls match for the NXT Women's Championship. I like this match a lot. I mean, I, I, sh I should say I like the match a lot, but it, we've seen it a lot. You know what I mean? But it, they've been good contests, and the title has gone back and forth between the two. Two out of three falls seems like the right thing to do, because that's a little bit different than what they've been doing in the past. And this should give you, like, a clear definitive winner at the end of it. So, you know, obviously I kind of expect it to be one-to-one -one going to the third fall. And my prediction is going to be Shayna Baszler retaining the title. The only reason that I think Shayna would not is if they're trying to essentially hotshot the women's four horsemen of MMA up to the main roster. Because I do see a heel turn coming for Ronda soon. And I think it's already kind of started. And I know that Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke are doing well in the NXT Performance Center. I also know, obviously, Shayna Baszler is doing great. So it's a matter of, like, will they bring them all up to the main roster soon to, you know, feud with the four horsewomen of WWE? Or will Shayna stay in NXT for a little while longer and help uh, kind of, you know, bring along Shafir and uh, Duke? You know, it's just, I think it's more so a matter of, like, when Shafir and Duke are ready, I think all three of them will come up and align with Rousey. But that'll only happen once Shafir and Duke are ready to go. So I don't know how ready they are, to be fully honest. So I guess kind of my point is I don't think I don't expect them to come up just yet. So I think it makes sense to keep the belt on Baszler for now. So I'm going to say Shayna Baszler wins via, I don't know, maybe she, uh, maybe there's some sort of outside interference or something and Shayna gets her in the, uh, the rear naked choke and Kyrie passes out for the, you know, the referee sees her out, lifts the hand or whatever. And that's, that's it. So I'm going to say Shayna Baszler retains. After that, we have Aleister Black taking on Johnny Gargano. Uh, this is a really great matchup as well. I mean, I love this match and this is actually something fresh that, you know, we really haven't seen much of. We've seen them in the ring together, but not really in a one-on-one -on -one, uh, scenario like this. And Gargano turning heel, I think is a great move. 
you know, I, I think he's more of a natural baby face, to be honest, but I'm, I'm all for change. You know, I like, I like seeing guys change and mix it up and try different stuff and, you know, see what works, what doesn't work. You know, Alistair Black is an interesting case because he's one of those guys that I feel like will be coming up to the main roster at any time, but he, it scares the hell out of me thinking about him moving up because they could go, I, I feel like Alistair Black, same with Velveteen Dream, who I'll get to. These are the kind of guys who will either be like the focal point of a show or wind up in like Ho- No Way Jose territory, like right away. You know what I mean? Like Alistair Black, I think is his upside is really high because he can kind of take on that kind of like evil devilish, like kind of with like, you know, kind of Undertaker not being around and Kanway not being around and like Finn Balor being this demon king thing, but it doesn't really make any sense because he's like this lgbtq whatever like you know like finn balor balor club is for everybody like all smiles happy guy but somehow like he just turns into the demon once in a while whereas like alistair black seems like a guy who's like always in like the devilish ways you know what i mean and you can use that as a heel or a baby face like there's a lot of things you can do with that Plus, he's really good in the ring he carries himself well has a cool entrance cool music you know cool gear i mean he's a Alistair Black is a superstar, in my opinion, but, you know, what's going to happen when he moves up? Who knows? Same with Johnny Gargano. Who, who knows? Both of them can go in the ring, though, we, but we, we all know that. Both of you guys are great in the ring, and I think this match is going to be very, very good. I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm going to say that Alistair Black gets the win in this one, but uh, either way, I mean, it, does, it really doesn't matter, to be honest. You know what I mean? Like, in a good way. Either person winning is good for NXT. Um, and for the WWE and for both guys' careers, honestly. Like, there, it's a win-win scenario all the way around because there's a lot of things they can do with a Gargano win also, especially as a heel. So I'm going to say Aleister Black wins, but I think the real winner in this one is the fans because I think we're going to get a really great matchup. And I think by the end of it, we're not going to even be thinking about who won and who lost. I think it's just going to be, you know, wow, we saw something great in there. Um, up next, we have the War Games match, which I'm very much looking forward to. The Undisputed Era, um, all four members, all back together, which is great. Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roger Strong taking on the team of Pete Dunne, Ricochet, and the War Raiders, made up of Hanson and Rowe. Love this. Love War Games. Love they're bringing it back again this year. Uh, love that the Undisputed Era is in it again this year, and I love that it's all four of them. You know, I, I love this. Um... Undisputed Era, in my opinion, is the most valuable commodity in, in all of WWE uh, on any brand. I think that the uh, the pairing of all four of those guys is, is just phenomenal. It's phenomenal stuff. Adam Cole is a natural leader. He's maybe the most charismatic guy on the whole roster, and he's very good in the ring. Uh, Bobby Fish, it's great to see him back, back from injury. He's an incredibly hard worker and does very good stuff. He's not as charismatic as the others. But he's, uh, he's, you know, whatever you, he's like a utility guy, but like in a, in a very good way. He's, he's, he's not the kind of guy that I think is ever going to be like WWE champion or anything like that. But he's the kind of guy who's always going to have a solid performance and he can always be relied on. Um, Kyle O'Reilly, I think, is a potential superstar in the making. I think that O'Reilly, not that his in-ring style, like the moves that he does aren't necessarily similar to Chris Benoit, who... I don't like really giving Chris Benoit praise, but I, I, as far as like Chris Benoit as a wrestler in the ring and how hard he went in the ring, kind of going 100% all the time, 
Kyle O'Reilly reminds me a lot about him. He's more of like a like a 2018 MMA hybrid wrestling version of Chris Benoit, in my opinion. And I think there's a ton of upside to Kyle O'Reilly. In my opinion, I think Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly are the two most valuable uh, commodities in all of NXT as far as the upside that they have uh, when they move up to the main roster. Kyle O'Reilly, he can literally wrestle with anybody, any style, any weight, any size. Um, he has a crazy great array of you know kicks, punches, strikes, el- elbows, knees, chops, submission holds, everything. He can do it all. Um, and Roderick Strong, very similar to Kyle. Uh, once again, I don't see him as, as charismatic as the other guys, um, but... He's a he's one of the best workers in the company. Like in the ring, Roger Strong is is fantastic, and I've been saying that for a long time. Like I'm a very big fan of his. So I will say that I think that the Undisputed Era should win, and they are the people that I'm going to predict to win the match. And I can say great things about Dunn, Ricochet, and the War Raiders as well. Trust me. But you know, Pete Dunn, I think, is gonna have more focus. You know, on the new UK brand. Uh, Ricochet has the North American Championship, so there's a lot he can do, win or lose. And he, Ricochet is just a phenomenal in-ring talent. I mean, my God, he he's just fantastic to watch. He's another guy I've been watching for a long time. Like I remember years ago when he used to do the uh, the double moon salt. He was much smaller back then, but I mean that's how long I've had my eyes on this guy. And of course the the War Raiders, uh, formerly known as War Machine, one of the best tag teams out there. And for big guys, are incredibly agile. So, uh, yeah, like, there's not a whole lot I can say about the match itself because it's a very unpredictable thing with war games. You know, you don't know who's going to be coming in and what order and, like, what weapons will be introduced and, you know, all that stuff. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I think it's going to be an awesome match. I'm very much looking forward to it. I love that they're doing war games once a year again. And uh, I'm taking Undisputed Era to win. And last but definitely not least, the main event for NXT TakeOver War Games is... Tommaso Ciampa defending the NXT Championship against Velveteen Dream. I feel like Tommaso should continue to be the champion. The only thing I'm is kind of like lingering in the back of my mind, I guess, is I feel like the the long term plan is to get Gargano and Ciampa back together as a tag team, and they'll move up to the main roster as a tag team. Now, I'm not saying that's what I want to happen. I'm just saying I see the writing on the wall for that. And I don't know if that means Velveteen Dream winning and becoming the NXT champion, and then, like, Tommaso and Gargano kind of, like, rekindling their team on NXT and then, like, moving up to the main roster quickly. Or if this is something that's going to be more of a slow burn and Tommaso's going to be in NXT for a while longer. I guess I'll say this, though. I, I would imagine Velveteen gets the call-up before Gargano or Champa. So that also leads me to believe Champa would retain because they wouldn't put the NXT Championship on, on Velveteen and then move him right up. And I think Velveteen's kind of getting to that point where he needs to move up soon because there's only so much he's going to be able to do on NXT. But like I was saying earlier with, uh, with Aleister Black, I think Velveteen Dream in, in an even more um, extreme way is is a polarizing way, however you want to look at it, like, Velveteen Dream, I feel like, is either going to be the main focus of either Raw or SmackDown, like the like the top focus of the show, or he's going to be No Way Jose or, or Adam Rose or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, 
who knows? There's a lot of ways to go with it. Once Vincent Mann gets his uh, gets his hands on this, you never know. Um, but I'm going to predict that Tommaso Ciampa retains the title. I'm going to take Tommaso to continue his reign. I don't know who's going to defeat him for the title ultimately. And I wouldn't be mad about Velveteen Dream winning the championship. I, I'm a very big fan of Velveteen. And he has a ton, a ton, a ton of upside, especially with his age. But I'm going to say Champa retains the championship. And I expect this to be a very, very, very good match. Champa has been delivering on all cylinders since returning from his injury. And Velveteen Dream is the kind of guy who, every time he goes out there, he puts on a performance and he does something memorable. And you're always left wanting to see more of him, which is a great thing. So I'm going to say Tommaso Ciampa, but this whole card top to bottom, just like every other TakeOver show, it's stacked. And I can't imagine a scenario where this show is anything other than great. So that's it for TakeOver War Games. Let's move over to uh, WWE Survivor Series 2018. Once again, brought to you by WrestleRumble.com. The prize list for WrestleRumble.com's uh, Survivor Series Pick'em Contest First place gets $500 cash, $500, $500. Second and third place both get $100, and fourth and fifth place both get $50. As far as the MVP points go, first through fifth get 25 points, sixth through tenth get 20, 11th through 15th get 15, and 16th through 20th get 10. So more MVP points on the line there too. So if you're somebody like me who is very invested in the MVP contest, then if you're playing both shows, I mean, if you get between first and fifth on both shows that's well that's 65 mvp points in in one weekend that's big um on top of that of course you're gonna win cash from the uh the survivor series end of it so great stuff and also i always always want to mention you know jump on their twitter make sure to give them a follow at wrestle rumble on twitter because that way you can stay up to date with all their contests and their prizes and all that good stuff. I give away entries, by the way, on my Twitter often. Uh, make sure to follow me on Twitter at FightTalk underscore, F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore, because I give away uh, I give away pick'em contest entries pretty often. So if you're following me, you might be on there at the right time, and you might get to play some of this, some of this stuff for free. Let's pull up this card here. All right. First up, I've got... Uh, let's see. I think it's one pre-show match I'm seeing. And I'm not going to know about, like, a lot of this stuff probably. Like, cause some of this stuff is just, like, I just don't care. But some of it's pretty interesting. Um, I think on the pre-show we have, uh, a Survivor Series tag team elimination match. Yeah, that's what it looks like. There's so many people in this. Uh, Team Raw is Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. Uh, the B Team, The Revival, Lucha House Party, and The Ascension, all as one team. Uh, team SmackDown is The Usos, The New Day, Sanity, uh, Gallows and Anderson, and The Colognes. What, The Colognes are... Do they... Are they back? I... Dude, I legitimately... I had no idea that The Colognes were back. Um, cool, I guess. Um, as far as the prediction for this match, let's see, given who's on this, let me look at these teams again. Yeah, I'm going to say SmackDown has the much more impressive, uh, tag team division based on these, uh, these teams that are involved in this at least. So I'm going to say Team SmackDown. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're going to go with Team SmackDown. Uh, as far as the main show, I think this this will get into the main show here. We have Buddy Murphy defending the WWE Cruiserweight Championship against Musafa Ali. I'll be totally honest. I haven't watched 205 Live since uh, Buddy Murphy won the championship. And that's not his fault. I wasn't watching it when Cedric was the champion either. I really haven't been watching since WrestleMania. Um, although I did watch Buddy Murphy win the title at uh, at the Australian show. I think it was Super Showdown. We saw Fali, very good in the ring. I think he's changed his ring gear. I'm not sure because I haven't been watching. But the few like pictures and stuff I've seen, I think he stopped wearing like the full body Power Ranger thing, which... If he did, that's great. I've been calling for that for quite a while now. Um, as far as this match goes, I'm sure it's going to be a really good match. And Buddy Murphy has been very impressive. Um, total career resurgence for him after you know his run in NXT, part of the tag team champions with Buddy Murphy. I'm uh, sorry, with uh, Wesley Blake, completely fell off the the map and returned as this cruiserweight, and he's been looking great. And I'm, I'm happy he's the champion. It's just with the amount of professional wrestling that I consume as well as the amount of uh, mixed martial arts, it's just it's just too much wrestling for me to keep up with. I'll be totally honest. Like, you know, watching 205 Live every week just isn't a priority right now. And I'm not, I'm not saying that couldn't change. You know, I actually watched a clip earlier. It was the end of uh, Cedric Alexander versus Leo Rush, and I think it was from this week's 205 Live. And that was really, really good. I, I wish they were featured more on shows that I was interested in tuning in for. I guess I'll put it that way. And on top of that, it's hard for me to watch wrestling on Tuesday nights. That's why it's hard for me to, you know, cover SmackDown and stuff because I have to go back and watch that stuff after the fact because I'm usually busy on Tuesday nights. So by the time I'm caught up on what's going on on SmackDown for the most part, obviously I'm not totally caught up because I don't even I didn't know the clones were back. But, uh, you know, on top of all that, it's hard for me to, like, invest time into 205 live also and on top of even that i also watch powerbomb tv more than i watch wwe like i love independent pro wrestling and i'm constantly keeping up with all the stuff that they're uploading on powerbomb tv for all these independent promotions and i if given the the option you know of spending my time watching you know an indie show that i'm really looking forward to with guys and girls that like i'm really pulling for and really want to do well if i have to choose that or 205 Live, I'm going Powerbomb TV all day. So that all being said, I think Buddy Murphy will retain, and I think it's going to be a good match. Um, up next, we have the AOP taking on the bar. Uh, tag team versus tag team champions. Uh, but, of course, the belts are not on the line. Uh, that, and that's the case with all these matches, uh, kind of unfortunately. that you know it, there A lot of champion versus champion matches we'll be talking about, but uh, none of the belts are actually on the line. As far as this match goes, I'm going to say the AOP uh, defeat the bar. I think that it just kind of makes sense. You know, they're really pushing AOP. They just won the titles. They uh, they have momentum, and I feel like it's a momentum hit for them to lose to the bar. The bar is great. Uh, Cesaro and Sheamus do great things. They've been a very solid tag team for years now. I have nothing against the bar whatsoever. I just think that the bar winning doesn't really do anything for them, and it definitely hurts AOP, whereas AOP winning, uh, you know, it's a good look for them. So I'm going to say AOP defeats the bar. Up next, we have a women's 5-on-5 uh, five five Survivor Series elimination match, Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. Team Raw consists of Mickey James, Natalia, Nia Jax, Tamina, and Ruby Riot, with Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan at ringside. Uh, versus Team SmackDown, Asuka, Carmella, Naomi, 
Sonia Deville, and TBD. I'm assuming TBD was Charlotte Flair before, um, because like I mentioned before the predictions, you know, Becky Lynch was supposed to wrestle Ronda Rousey, and we'll get to that match uh, as the, might be the main event of the show. Um... So I'm assuming that's what happened. Charlotte was probably on this team, and then it, it was like, you know, we need to move you into this this match with Ronda, so we don't know who that's going to be yet. It'd be pretty funny if it was, like, James Ellsworth. That'd be really funny, actually. I would actually love if it was James Ellsworth. That's a great idea. Um, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say who's going to win. Like, I'm not very impressed with Team Raw, and it's I'm totally you know, against Nia Jax right now, obviously, based on, you know, what I was saying earlier. So I'd like to see SmackDown win, but th- that team looks pretty weak to me. Like, Asuka, they've just been burying. Uh, Carmella is is a character, but not a worker. You know what I mean? Naomi is athletic, but has lost a lot of momentum. Sonya Deville, I, I'm, I'm just not into Sonya Deville at all. Like, it's hard for, it's hard for me to get into Sonya Deville who's doing an MMA gimmick. And I know she has a couple professional MMA fights. I know I know it isn't, like, a complete gimmick. But when you have women like Ronda Rousey and, like, Shayna Baszler and stuff in the company, you can't you can't play the, the I'm an MMA fighter card. But, like, you know what I mean? Because it's like, if you were to put Sonya Deville in there against Ronda Rousey, everyone would expect Ronda Rousey to just completely murder her. And I get there's different levels to MMA, but in pro wrestling, you get to choose your character. You know what I mean? Or somebody chooses it for you, you know, regardless regardless of the situation. Like, it gets, uh, it's something where she doesn't have to be playing an MMA fighter. And I don't think it's a good idea for her to be playing an MMA fighter with these other very legitimate MMA superstars who have crossed over, you know. Uh, Matt Riddle being another great example. Obviously not a woman, but great to see him in NXT, by the way. Um, I, I'd love to see him and Keith Lee wrestle. Or him and Cassisono or... Maybe, I bet you that's going to be what's on the uh, the pre-show for NXT, by the way. I bet you we get, like, Cassius Ono versus uh, Matt Riddle, which would be sweet. All about that. Um. Anyway, getting back to this uh, this women's match, I'm going to say that, uh, you know, I'm going to say Team SmackDown wins. And I'll say that Asuka is, like, the sole survivor or whatever. Or maybe the, the TVD, whoever that winds up being. Up next, we have uh, the men's version of that match, uh, Team Raw, which is Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, and Bobby Lashley with Baron Corbin and Leo Rush in the corner versus Team SmackDown, which consists of The Miz, Shane McMahon, Rey Mysterio, Samoa Joe, and Jeff Hardy. I don't think I've done a podcast since Crown Jewel, and it's probably because I thought the ending of Crown Jewel, like the last like half of that show, was just garbage and a big part of that was Shane McMahon winning the World Cup tournament that shit was so stupid um I like both teams here though aside from the inclusion of Shane basically um I'm gonna say Team Raw wins this I know I've gotten Team Smackdown in the last two so I feel like you kind of kind of got to balance it out and Team Raw is fairly stacked you know I don't really see anybody pinning or submitting Braun Strowman uh Drew McIntyre's looked like a total beast obviously Dolph Ziggler is always going to be consistently reliable. Finn Balor, same kind of thing as Dolph Ziggler. Bobby Lashley, another person they're trying to push um, for various reasons. So, you know, I think there's more uh, more value in Team Raw winning. With Team SmackDown, you know, The Miz is still, I think, going to be involved with Daniel Bryan in some way, shape, or form. Shane McMahon, like I said, that whole scenario is just dumb. 
Rey Mysterio doesn't matter for him or Jeff Hardy. You know what I mean? Rey Mysterio and Jeff Hardy could literally literally lose every match that either of them have from now until the end of time. They're both going to be two of the most over guys with the crowd for history. So, you know, it doesn't even matter. Like, the, I love both guys. and They're going to continue to be loved by the fans, win or lose. And Samoa Joe is kind of in, in this position where, you know, I see him definitely as a level below Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar and those guys, you know, like, I'm not saying that that's necessarily true. Like, I think Samojo is actually more talented than both of those guys uh, combined, to be honest. But from the way WWE looks at it and books those guys, I see Samojo as like a, a level lower. So I'm going to say Team Raw wins this one. I'm going to say the Soul Survivors. I'm going to say Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre. Um, do you hear that? That's unreal. That's on. So this is the one time a month probably that somebody is, I guess, blowing leaves right outside my door. Um, so I'm gonna wait on that to finish. That's on real. Between the train and the leaves. Once again, if you see me at Southern Underground Pro here in Nashville, Tennessee, at the basement east, um, I'll buy you free beer because this is fucking ridiculous. Go away, <laughs> God. Um, killing time again. This is insane. Hey, and I'm not going to edit any of this. You're, you're in the real raw deal. The guy can hear me too. He can definitely hear me. And you're still not going away. My God. All right, let's move on. I don't know if you guys can even hear that or not, but I'm assuming you can. And uh, that's what makes these podcasts fun sometimes though, right? You're getting the real deal, the unedited. This is me just chilling and talking about wrestling, but it is super frustrating because it's hard to keep my train of thought when this fucking noise, like he's, he, oh my God, he's still doing it. Why? Why? Um. All right, let's move on. Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan for, uh, you got Universal Champion versus uh, WWE Champion. Paul Heyman, of course, in the corner of Brock Lesnar, as always. Um, I talked about it a little earlier. You know, I love this matchup. I don't really need to get too into it because I've already kind of given my thoughts on it. I do expect Brock Lesnar to win, although I would love to see Dan O'Brien get that win. I think it, it'd be pretty unexpected, and and there's a way of doing it in a, in a credible way, I think. But I'm going to say Brock Lesnar wins, but I expect a really good match. I'm honestly looking forward to this match probably more than anything else on the show, to be totally honest. So... Um, I'm going to take Lesnar, and I already gave my thoughts on Daniel Bryan winning the title earlier, so we'll just leave it at that. Um, up next, we have Seth Rollins, the Intercontinental Champion, taking on Shinsuke Nakamura, the United States Champion. Um, I like this match a lot, a lot, a lot. This actually might be the best match, or my most favorite. Like, this this and the match I just talked about are uh, definitely the two I'm looking most forward to. Um, I'm going to say Shinsuke wins. I think that Shinsuke could benefit a lot from the win. I think that Rollins is looked at as like a bigger star um, from everyone in the company. I think Rollins is kind of on a, a little bit higher level, especially with Roman Reigns being out. You know, like Rollins could potentially be that guy who kind of fills that gap. But it's, uh, it's, uh, what's the right word? It, it, it alarms me that Dean Ambrose isn't on this show. We'll just put it that way. Because I think that Dean Ambrose will play a, a factor in the end of this matchup. And I think he's going to cost Seth Rollins the match. I think Shinsuke is going to win with his Kinshasa in the middle of the ring, one, two, three. But it'll be because of some sort of outside interference from Dean Ambrose. 
unless there's just like a full-on like DQ finish or something like that. But, you know, I never, when I get predictions, I never actually predict DQs and countouts and stuff because I feel like on a special event or pay-per-view or whatever, something people have to pay for, they should never do that in like any scenario. But they do sometimes, obviously. But I'm going to say that Shinsuke wins. And this is the first time that I think these two have ever wrestled, uh, whether it was in the WWE or outside. So I like this a lot. I think it's going to be a really good match. This is the match that I actually expect to be the match of the night. I think this will be the best overall match on the show. I think the the potential is there for Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar, depending on what they're able to do out there. But I think the safer bet for best match of the night is going to be Rollins versus Shinsuke. And once again, I'm going to take Shinsuke, the United States champion, to uh, defeat Mr. Burn It Down, Seth Rollins. Mr. Monday Night Rollins. And last match I've got here, which I'm assuming will be the main event, but I'm not sure... We got Ronda Rousey, the Raw Women's Champion, taking on Charlotte Flair, the SmackDown Women's Champion. I like this match a lot. I, I was assuming, that, as most of you were, that this would be held off until WrestleMania this year. I get the whole thing. We've talked about it plenty with Becky. You know, I get it. But I think that this would have been the perfect time, to be honest, to put Asuka in there against Ronda Rousey. That's what I would have done. I'd do Asuka and Rousey, and then you still save Charlotte for Ronda at WrestleMania, or you do Becky and Ronda at WrestleMania, and you do Charlotte versus Ronda at maybe Royal Rumble or something like that, but um, I just I don't like that this match, which is like such a humongous deal, and kind of the, the big dream match that everyone was looking forward to when Rousey got signed, it's just kind of being hot-shotted right away because of Becky's injury, and once again, I get it, it's, it's unusual circumstances, I understand, but um, that being said, I think this match will be really good. I think both women are going to bust their ass out there. I think that they're going to go out there to prove a point, especially if they're in the main event. They're going to go out there to really, really prove that they, that they deserve to be in that spot. Um, but I do think that Ronda Rousey will defeat Charlotte Flair. Um, and sorry, I called Charlotte Flair the SmackDown Women's Champion. Um, she is not. Becky Lynch still is the, the SmackDown Women's Champion. I, I, I misspoke there. Um, sorry about that. But... You guys get the point. Obviously an easy mistake to make because of the, the card I'm looking at. It, says, it essentially says that she's the champion and, they, and they, they're they mistaken and I shouldn't have just blindly read what I was looking at. Um, that said, I'm going to take Ronda Rousey and uh, yeah, I think it'll be a good match. And like I said, they're, they're going to go out there and try to prove a point and Ronda Rousey has looked great so far in her run in the WWE and Charlotte is probably the most reliable women's wrestler on the whole roster. So... Uh, yeah, I think it's a good good matchup. I'm glad we're seeing it. Like I said, it kind of bum we're seeing it under the circumstances that we're seeing it, but I think it'll be really good, and I'm going to take Ronda Rousey to win. That's going to be it, guys. Those are my predictions for NFC TakeOver War Games as well as Survivor Series. I'm going to run down the uh, the prize list one more time, and we're going to get on out of here. Uh, the WrestleRumble.com NFC War Games uh, Pick'em Contest. 1st through 5th place get 40 MVP points. 6th through 10th get 35. 11th through 15th get 30. And 16th through 20th get 25. For Survivor Series, 1st place is $500 cash. 2nd place is 100. 3rd place is 100. 4th place is 50. And 5th place is 50 as well. MVP points, 1st through 5th get 25. 6th through 10th get 20. 11th through 15th get 15, and 16th through 20th get 10. So a lot of cash, a lot of prizes, a lot of MVP points on the line at WrestleRumble.com. Make sure to go on Twitter and stay up to date with all their contests at WrestleRumble. Also want to give a quick shout-out to Brian Jensen. Brian Jensen is my brother. He's also a boxing coach and cornerman. 
He's out of the Atlanta, Georgia area. So if you're in the Atlanta, Georgia area nearby, he can meet you up in person, give you some classes, teach you how to box, throw hands, get in better shape, just whatever it is, reach your personal goals. And if you're not nearby, he can help you remotely. Just hit him up on Instagram. Give him a follow at Atlanta Boxing Coach. That's all spelled out as one word, at Atlanta Boxing Coach. And uh, get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. Hit up Ryan Jensen, and I guarantee you, he'll uh, he'll help you tremendously, and he'll give you a fair deal, especially if you tell him that I sent you over from the Fight Talk podcast. Also want to give a shout-out to WrestleRumble.com. WrestleRumble.com is, oh, geez. I'm so used to saying Wrestle. I've given WrestleRumble.com all their shout-outs. I'm so used to, to talking about them at the end of the show. I want to give a shout-out to Heroes and Legends. Heroes and Legends is a professional wrestling uh Collectible and memorabilia company that specializes in action figures, vintage magazines and programs, DVDs, autographed memorabilia, and other unique processing memorabilia. Make sure to follow Heroes and Legends on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HL Pro Wrestling. They're very nice people that do very fair business. If you're looking for any of the stuff that I've mentioned, they're the people to go through. I guarantee you that you'll get a fair price and you'll deal with very nice people over there. So... Once again, shout out to Heroes and Legends, and thank you for being a part of the Fight Talk podcast. That's going to be it, guys. Thank you for listening. I don't know when I'll be back next. I've got some independent pro wrestling interviews that are ready to, to go pretty soon. I've got some other stuff in the pipeline, some people that I think you're going to be really interested to hear from, some people um, kind of from the world of pro wrestling, some some kind of journalists, writers, stuff like that. Once again, you know, more wrestlers. And... We may even talk some more MMA. Um, make sure to follow me on Twitter at FightTalk underscore. That's F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. My Twitch channel as well. Twitch.tv slash FightTalk underscore. I'm on there playing games all the time. It's a lot of fun. Give me a follow on Twitch and join in while we're playing video games. It's, it's a ton of fun. I like to play you know, UFC and WWE and Madden and Fortnite and all that good stuff. Um, my merchandise is available at whatamaneuver.net. That is whatamaneuver.net. Uh, t-shirts, hoodies, tank toss, multiple designs, colors, logos, all that good stuff. Any money I make on that website goes directly right back into this podcast. And speaking of this podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, review. A five-star rating goes so far. A review goes so far. It helps me out so much. I know that's said all the time, but it is the truth. Um, got a Facebook group also, Fight Talk Podcast. Google it, find it, whatever. I appreciate you. I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, I always cover the MMA fights over at On Point MMA on Twitter and do their website updates at m at uh, mmaonpoint.com. So, if you're a fan of MMA, you know check that out as well. That all being said, I'll be back soon.